Time now to talk Utah and BYU. Time to talk rivalry game with Kyle Gunther, former Utah offensive lineman. Kyle joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I hope uh, you guys enjoyed the rain delay. Did you guys stay up? Uh, what time did you guys get to bed? We got to bed about 3. I didn't go to the game, so I got to bed earlier. It was about uh, one fifteen. Well, you're the hardest working man in show business anyways, DJ. you got about five jobs there. Uh, man, what a wild finish. Uh, how appropriate. Uh, it's such a weird way to end a weird rivalry there. The rain delay, the lightning. Uh, it, it was uh, it was all in all a very strange and, and somewhat typical rivalry game, other than the fact that it was somewhat of a blowout. We, we hardly see a game won by more than a score, and you know whatever you want to call last night, offensively and defensively, the Utes won in blowout fashion, which is pretty rare. Can they replicate playing that way over the next eleven games? Uh, they didn't need to open it up. They got the you know the big plays from the defense and all that. Do you have confidence in them opening up? You still have question marks there. When you look big picture, what do you think? I have questions about the drops for the youth. The wide receivers and the tight ends having drop issues. That's a team stat. Sometimes the ball is thrown behind the receiver. Sometimes they just drop it. But that's a concern because it's been a common theme for the last couple of years. Uh, but overall, yes, Utah can replicate that because they just ran the football right up the gut. They did exactly what we thought Andy Ludwig was going to do. Andy Ludwig did something that apparently the last coordinator never figured out, and that was just give the ball to Zach Moss. He should have 30 carries a night, every night, and the youth can win 10 or 11 games. Uh, overall, Utah's defense showed more playmaking ability than I expected. I mean, by my count, I think they dropped – Two interceptions. There may have been more. You know, they had the two pick sixes, but uh, that's been Utah's mo for 20 years. Is the defense creates a big play when the team overall needs it, and the offense builds off that. I thought it was a very Kyle Whittingham esque win. And now nine in a row. You know, Tyler Huntley said BYU is poo poo afterwards. I don't know if. Uh, if that's the type of language that we want to start incorporating here, this is a family atmosphere, but whether or not he thinks BYU is poo-poo, it's been nine in a row, man. And uh, I'm not sure this Utah team, regardless of how much talent they lose, they don't look like they're primed to lose to BYU anywhere in the near future. Yeah, I can't really disagree with any of that stuff. And DJ and I have been debating this so far, and you came on my side, so I'm glad to see that you're correct, that (laughs) the – the style of manner in which they won the game is how they're going to win those 10, maybe 11, 12 ball games this season. It's not going to change. And this is who they are. It's like I, I compared it to, well, you know, do they, can, they, can they go down the field throwing the ball? It's like asking Washington State, run out the clock with eight minutes to go and do it via the ground. It's just, they're not going to do it. It's just, it's just not who they are. And if they get behind, if the youths get behind and they've got to throw the ball a bunch, well, they're going to be in trouble. But the, the goal, obviously, is to not get behind where they have to throw the ball a whole lot. And really looking, I don't want to go too crazy because it's just one game and it doesn't, I don't take any pleasure by saying this, but it was against an inferior opponent. 
and they're going to face tougher games. There's no question about it, better opponents. But I do think exactly what you just said, and I'm just basically amplifying it here, is that this is the manner in which if they're going to go to the Rose Bowl, this is the way they're going to do it. There's going to be no other way. Well, Gary Anderson once said that if you can't stop the run, you'll never have to worry about stopping the pass. And it didn't feel like at any point last night BYU was able to tackle Zach Moss. And so the youths never ended up trying to throw it down the field. Now, they had a couple of big-time drops. And maybe Damari Simpkins had that ball tipped, but uh, Fotheringham had one, Keithy had one. Those drops really affected things because at least the, the Brant Keithy one, he, that was a play that would have been a huge momentum swing. And then the very next play, he whiffed and just wet the bed there. And, yeah. and frankly, a lot of the problems on Utah's offense, yet again, were caused by tight ends just being out of position by one step. And when you miss the block as a tight end on the backside, it can really screw a play up. But tight ends have always been an enigma at Utah because they're kind of the redheaded stepchild. Everybody loved Jake Murphy when he was there, but can any fan name you the tight end before or after Jake Murphy? It's just, it's Urban Meyer's fault. He showed up and told the tight ends to get out. He didn't need him in the offense. And ever since then, the youth, even though they use tight ends, they just haven't quite been able to find that panache with that group there. But yeah, you know, there, there were issues with the youth offense last night. I thought they, they struggled at times early on at guard. And I still think the youths are going to make some adjustments at guard. I saw uh, Johnny Maia. I saw Paul Kawala in there, Braden Daniels. I, I still think Nick Ford should move into guard, and then that'll open things up there inside. But, uh, no, overall, this is a, it's a non-conference opener for the youth. I know locally we love the rivalry, but Kyle Whittingham's job is to win the Pac-12 South and then win the Pac-12 and go to the Rose Bowl. Winning a non-conference game is great, but the youth's, uh, what, what did Tyler Huntley average? Eight yards a throw last night? No, he was less. Being very conservative. L- less than that. Yeah. Six and a half. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, math's not my thing. But uh, <laughs> uh, he, he was a guy that was clearly trying to be conservative. Man, I tell you, the one negative was uh, I'm just I'm covering my eyes watching Tyler Huntley take these big hits. He's, he, he and Zach Wilson, they just won't slide. And uh, it, I think Zach Wilson at one point last night tried to juke at one last minute and he got popped for it. I never want to see a quarterback get hit. Just slide. Sacrifice the four yards. I know, but Tyler Huntley's a competitor. It's, it's in the heat of the moment out there, but that was really my only true concern. I'm not concerned about Utah's drops. I'm not concerned that they didn't open up the offense. This was a non-conference uh, opponent that they were beating handily. But, yeah, Tyler Huntley needs to not take any more hits. I don't want to see one grass stain on that jersey. Kyle Gunther joining us here, former Utah offensive lineman. The Utes ran the ball, I thought, much better in the second half than the first half. Zach Moss felt like, uh, he said in the postgame, that his last carry, he had that big gain on their last possession in the first half. They were backed up at their own 5 or 10 or whatever, and uh, he broke a long run. There was a penalty on the end of it and got him out to midfield. And even though it didn't lead to points, he said that changed the way he felt. And then they ran it, ran it better in the second half. Was that... Utah's offensive line getting better over the course of the game, or was that BYU's defense getting beaten down from A, being on the field a lot, and B, seeing the BYU offense give up points and seeing the game get away? Well, yeah, I think it's the latter. I think BYU's defense wore down a bit because depth 
has been a concern, and, and that was a question that a lot of us had before the game. But also, I believe the Utes put in Paul Tawala there. They may have made an adjustment on the offensive line. Uh, this is Braden Daniels' first start, and the young man was a three-star recruit a couple of years ago. He's about 250 pounds, came in to play guard, and all of a sudden, the Utes see him, and he's got this high waist. He's got long legs. He can bend. They put him at tackle a year ago. He got up to about 290 pounds, and he was a backup tackle at one point. So they kicked him inside to guard this year, and I thought he was a little passive early on. Uh, when he's pulling around, I thought he was looking for bodies instead of just trying to see the opposite color and knocking somebody ass over tea kettles. And I, I thought he developed a little better strength and technique in the second half. But also, that's what Andy Ludwig loves to do. He loves to figure out what will work in the first half, and in the second half, you know, you can call it adjustments, but sometimes Andy Ludwig will say, we're averaging four yards a carry on this counterplay. We're going to come out and run it again. Uh, you know, in poker, if you have a full house, you don't have to bl- uh, bluff. I mean, you just play the good hand. The Utes have a good hand. It's a big offensive line, and it's Zach Moss. I know PK thinks, you know, Benjamin's the best running back in the conference. Zach Moss showed country, last night country, Kyle, country, country, Kyle, well, country. Including the NFL. What do you have, 300 carries last year? And that's the thing. Uh, I think Tyler Huntley had 20 less carries than Zach Moss last year. It's a shame. It, it, uh, Zach Moss was robbed last year by not getting the ball more. So I'd like to think if Zach Moss had 300 carries, he'd be competing. But, uh, you know, Eno Benjamin and Zach Moss together are by far the two best backs in the conference. And that's what Ludwig set out to do in the second half. He said, we're not going to throw bubble screens to Britton Covey. We're not going to run reverses. Just keep giving the ball to Zach Moss and break a team's will, and they did. That drive, that score to start the second half gave Utah all the momentum. And then, yeah, uh, uh, it was uh, Julian Blackman there on the pick six. I mean, that was the nail on the coffin there, the second defensive score for the Utes, which is that the ninth defensive score now in the last – nine games it's some ridiculous stat you just love to score on defense so it's clear they're going to be 3-0 when they go into sc and so they can use these next two games to iron it out but it basically looks like judging from what kyle said they're going to use these next uh, certainly this next game as basically a tryout for the place kicking how much concern do you have there Personally, none, because I never pay attention to kicking. But, yeah, as a, if you're a fan of the Utes, you've got to be concerned that the Strotch monster who showed up from UCLA, he whiffed last night. I don't know who the backup was, but I know he came in, and he, he false started on his first kick. They didn't call it, but he, he definitely false started. There's a lot of nerves out there. It, for some of these guys, for Ben Lennon, the punter, these kickers, this is their first time being under that kind of pressure. And pressure... It, it creates diamonds, and it also affects a lot of us. You get that dry mouth. Your palms start to sweat. You know, and you, you realize, wait, am I nervous? What's going on? And it affects your athletic performance. It's so cliche, but it happens in the NFL even. These kickers get the yips, and I'm sure Kyle Whittingham is furious about that. And that's the type of guy that Witt is. He's not going to verbally abuse you after that, but he's also not going to show up after a 30-12 to 12 victory and tell the team, you guys got it figured out. You guys are the biggest knees. That was great. No, he's going to light you up for a couple of missed tackles on defense, a couple of dropped balls on offense, a couple of dropped picks on defense, and then the kicking situation, which 
Yeah, the youth missed a field goal, an extra point. I mean, think about how much momentum that costs the youth as well. So those types of mistakes will not hurt you against BYU or NIU or Idaho State, but you're not beating USC on the road by missing field goals. So, yeah, that is going to be the modus operandi over the next couple of weeks is trying to figure out which one of these kickers wants it. And if none of them are good enough, then cut them both and go find some soccer player from East High School or SUU, UVU. I don't care anymore where these kickers come from. The punters have to all come from Australia and pro kick Australia, and they'll do that. But get a kicker anywhere. Just get one with some lead in their pencil and get out there and make a kick. Maybe the maybe the Women's World Cup team, huh? Yeah, they were talking about that. Uh, and uh, I have no problem with that. I'd love to see. I don't care who they are, man, woman, child. Just get somebody in there who isn't going to be freaked out by it. That's what makes a great golfer is when it comes down to it in your short game, you can make that putt when the pressure's on. That's why my family is known as the three jackers. We have never once putted less than three times because the pressure affects us. I hear you. Been there, done that. <laughs> All right, so is there uh, something you can uh, get out of these games going forward, something you want to see from these next two games that you're going to learn? Uh, I mean, the way, the way they struggled with Bushman, is he just really good? And that, you know, six catches for 60 yards, it wasn't that awful. It's not like he had a 150 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, was there anything, anything out there you think you're really going to learn in these next two games? Well, for BYU, I want to see them get a little more aggressive defensively. Uh, I want to see Zach Wilson calm down a little bit. I I felt like he was pressing, even though, you know, BYU was down a score, and I felt like he was pressing a little bit. Uh, For Utah, I I want to see them shift around a little bit on that offensive line, and I I want to see them figure out what the best combination is. I'd love to see Big Bam Olaseni in there, Uh, and I, I want to see Solomon Enos be the number one wide receiver. Uh, I know Damari Simpkins and Tyler Huntley have a rapport. Uh, I know you saw a year ago Jalen Dixon have some deep threat ability. I'm trying to think. I don't know if we saw much of Brian Thompson last night. Maybe I missed that. Maybe he's banged up or something. But I want to see Solomon Enos get more catches. A year ago as a true freshman, he showed up and he wasn't afraid of the moment. He had that amazing catch with the hand strength last night, diving out of bounds. I want to see Solomon Enos go up to the number one slot at wide receiver and see what that does. And I want Tyler Huntley to avoid any and all contact. Uh, Troy Taylor talked about this. Kyle Whittingham talked about this for two years. It didn't get through to him. And sometimes you just you can't take the stripes off a zebra. Tyler Huntley is a playmaker. He wants to win. He doesn't care about his body. And that is it's enviable but the Utes are not going to win the Pac-12 overall without Tyler Huntley. Man, the Pac-12 South stinks, though. I told anybody who'd listen that UCLA was going to be an awful team a year ago. I said I don't buy into any type of hype. I don't think they're going to be any good this year. And UCLA sucks. DTR is no different than he was a year ago. Kevin Sumlin's a weirdo, and uh, I don't know what you guys made of of your interview with him at Pac-12 Media Day, but – He's just weird. He's too laid back, and uh, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to infer anything else. But he's very weird, and I don't buy into what Kevin Sumlin's doing anymore. Colorado's too far away. I think Arizona State is the biggest hurdle in the South for the Utes. I don't even think it's USC. So I think the Utes can essentially walk through the South, but they need Tyler Huntley to go to the Rose Bowl. And Tyler Huntley just has to realize you can't go head first against three defenders. 
so that's the biggest thing you got to see is Tyler Huntley's got to wake up because this team could be special if he's healthy. Throw the Cougars a bone here as far as anything positive. Well, Matt Bushman's uncoverable, and they're going to throw the ball to him a ton. I really thought BYU's offensive line played well. I thought they were going to be a good group. They played well considering Utah's got the best D-line in the country. And I'm trying to think, uh, Zach Wilson a couple of times had pressure, and he shouldn't have thrown that ball to Francis Bernard. You just got to know, when your knee is a quarter of an inch in the ground, just stop. Just take the sack. Uh, I thought Zach Wilson did a good job of throwing the ball out of bounds at times, which seems weird, but Travis Wilson never learned that for the youth. If he was facing pressure and no one was open, he'd done a ball over the middle. And Zach Wilson is mature enough to realize, yeah, just throw it out of bounds and move on. But, you know, all is not lost for BYU. My goodness. They've got a good running game. They've got a great offensive line. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on with that defense because maybe BYU secondary really was causing Utah some issues. On paper, that's a pretty good group in BYU secondary, but I think BYU's going to go on the road and surprise a team in Tennessee that's not been good for a decade. Uh, I think BYU is going to go down to the wire with USC. They're not going to beat Washington, but BYU needs to beat Utah State this year. That is a must-win game. You cannot lose. Would that be? They can't lose three years in a row to Utah State. So there's still a lot left for BYU. But what is the goal overall? They're an independent team that plays this incredibly tough schedule. It's front-loaded every year. I mean, is the goal for BYU to win nine or ten games and then what? Go to the same bowl game as if you won six games? This is the problem with being independent for BYU is they're a good team this year. They're going to be an eight-win team. And it's just going to feel, at the end of the year, anticlimactic because there's no conference chase to root for. So for BYU, they're a good team. I'm, I'm not sure their current format will allow them to show it, but I think they go on the road next week and they beat the Volunteers. That would make them feel a lot better about themselves if they pull that off. Well, when do you guys think the next victory for BYU is going to be in the rivalry game? Because I think the Utes have eight. NFL draft picks right now. I'm not talking about NFL players. I mean draft picks. This is an elite Utah team this year. You're talking about most of that D-line. I think there's three D-linemen that will go to the league. I think there's one or two defensive backs. I think there's uh, you know Zach Moss, obviously, on offense. Maybe uh, there's a couple of other question marks. Probably Darren Paulo gets in the mix there. Maybe I'm forgetting a couple of names, but so the youth are going to lose eight guys to the NFL draft. Zach Wilson's going to be a junior next year. I think on paper that sets up to be a, a great opportunity for BYU to get a win there. But I feel like BYU could win 10 games this year, but if they lose to Utah, it still won't feel like a successful year. they got to get over that hump. These two teams are forever tied, and to make it even worse, it doesn't feel like the game matters more to Utah. It's not like every year they lose, the game matters more to BYU, and I feel like it matters less to the youth. Again, going back to Tyler Huntley, you know, very few guys in the history of this rivalry have had the cojones to get up there and talk trash after the game, after a win, after the loss. I can remember the whole, um, I'll be making 50 grand and they'll be pumping my gas. Uh, I can remember, obviously, Max Hall's comments, which whether you think he was correct or not, it's, it's pretty gutsy to get up there and say a whole organization is classless. And then Max Hall lied about having beer thrown on his family, which never happened as a guy who's regularly snuck beer into football games. The last thing I'm going to do 
I said, tuck in that thing in my armpit for six hours is dump it on innocent women and children. So I always thought Max Hall lied about that, and he did. Uh, but, you know, the Austin Collie comment, which I think that was a, a PK original, correct? You know, that was just is one of the stranger comments in the history of sports, but it makes the rivalry what it is. I wish Tyler Huntley would have gone full curse word last night because calling somebody poo-poo is, is very weird. And, uh, you know, he was caught up in the moment. So my point is I'm happy there's a little bit of smack talk, but my six-year-old uses those types of words. It does make him laugh, though. So I don't know what word he should have used, but I do like that there's a little bit of smack talk, maybe a little bit of vitriol here. We're never going to lose it, though. They, they so poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It'll live forever. I don't want to get called poo-poo, but, yeah, it's, that's a weird one. I, I don't think that's going to go down in infamy the way that, uh, you know, Austin Collie's comments did or, or certainly Max's comments. All right. We appreciate the time, Kyle. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great rest of your day.